Welcome to our Making History Parenting Podcast. We want to help families make his story, God's story, come alive in the hearts of our family. My name is Chase Baker, and this is Jennifer Akers. Yeah, and today we have a special podcast because we're actually going to flip the seats on Chase, and he's going to become the interviewee, and I'll be the interviewer today because we are talking about a parenting resource that Chase and Nick Allen worked on together and wrote called Mile Marker. So, Chase, how are you feeling about this? Switching the seats a little. I know, a little nervous. Yeah. <laughs> but I like to be on this side of the interview, not on the other side, mm-hmm. but I'm excited about the opportunity to share this resource that Nick and I have spent um, several years kind of developing, and it's just kind of came from an idea to now actually a book resource, which is, which is fun. Well, it's great, and I can't wait for our viewers and listeners to hear about it. So join us as we talk with Nick Allen and Chase Baker about their book, Mile Marker. Welcome back to our Making History podcast. I'm sitting here with Nick Allen and Chase Baker, and I'm so excited to chat with them about this incredible parenting resource, Mile Marker. Awesome. They wrote a book, which is so incredible. (laughs) So their book was released in June of 2019, and I've personally been able to read through it, and I'm so excited to implement um, so much of it in the life of our family and our kids. And so I'm really excited to just sit here with them today and chat about some of the great stuff that we can learn from this valuable resource. So to start off, thank you guys for being here. And I would love for you you, um, both to talk about um, your ministry and your family and kind of um, just a little bit about you guys, if you will. So, um, Nick, do you want to start us? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so, Nick Allen and uh, have loved being on staff at Rolling Hills. And so, I've been here for 12 years and started out in a in different capacity. So, I came here as the youth pastor, uh, moved into kids ministry, uh, then family ministry, and then adult discipleship, um, just because teamwork was so great. Getting to operate on different teams was a blessing. Um, and now I currently serve as the campus pastor at our newest location in Nashville, um, been there 18 months. Um, Susan and I have been married for 19 years, and uh, we just celebrated that this summer, right at the time yeah. that the book was released, which was mm-hmm. exciting. And, and we have three kids, um, two preteen girls, 12 and 11, super close in age, best friends, um, which has been really awesome. Yeah. Um, and then a few years later, we followed that up with a little boy. Uh, his name is Simon, and he turns seven in a couple of weeks. So Yay. it's awesome. It. Like, Chase, I, tell us about you. I, I don't feel as comfortable sitting on this side I know. as that side. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, I've been, Courtney and I, it's my wife Courtney, and we've been married for 13 years. We have a three-year-old little girl. Her mm-hmm. name is Kit, and, and really been um, doing ministry for a little over 17, 18 years. And a large majority of that ministry experience had been in student ministry. And, and there was a point in time in student ministry, and Nick knows this, I've been doing ministry with Nick for, I don't know, eight and a half years now. And, um, and, and so... You know, I started out Rolling Hills as just student ministry, but mm-hmm. but even in student ministry, um, we had this this I guess this felt need. There's there's got to be more to this this story. Mm-hmm. Like we're getting, so I'm getting sixth graders, they're coming from elementary and they're coming from preschool. So this I this scope of family ministry really I was really aware of it, um, especially looking at the, the the kind of kids we want to graduate from from high school and what we always say around here is we're not interested in graduating nice or good kids we want to graduate kids who are passionate about Jesus mm-hmm. and and that that also starts with um, the parent side of things and so that led um, you know this you know Nick kind of started this this whole family ministry approach mm-hmm. here at Rolling Hills holistic approach we're we're not no longer working in silos right. here it's not preschool doing their thing kids students but no let's as a team get together and figure figure out how do we equip the family um, because we have some families that have a high schooler and an elementary 
and a preschooler. Okay. So, yeah. so how do we equip them where they are? So, yeah. I love it. I love that we have that here at Rolling Hills, just the family ministry approach. So, okay, tell us about this book. Tell us about what led you to start talking about this idea and then getting to the point of actually writing a book. How did that start? Okay, so um, actually we were sitting in a room here at church about a little over four years ago, and one of the primary focuses for us, and kind of Nick started this actually, is it is it um, we're really interested in partnering with parents. That's part of the vision. We want to disciple kids plus partner with parents, mm-hmm. and that means we have stronger families. And so we asked the question, how does this play out in different areas of, of the development of a child? Yeah. Like how do we partner with parents in these different phases, and what can we do to help them be a guiding light as they as they tackle a specific um, phase. And so so um, we just started jotting stuff on the board. Mm-hmm. I remember filling up an entire board of these are the things that we believe are moments along a parent's journey that, that we as a church can, can kind of help. And some of it we were already doing. Like right, it was right. already in the natural mm-hmm. rhythm of what we did as a church. Sure. And it's in the natural rhythm of what a lot of churches do and a lot of investments that are being made but we weren't maximizing right. them. We're like, how can we make this bigger? That's how right. can we make this more intentional with moms and dads? That's yeah. right. And we just identified mm-hmm. six of them as a yeah. church that we can really um, rally around parents and, and make, a, make a big deal around these particular six, mm-hmm. um, six mile markers yeah. in the life of a family. Before we move on from what led you to it, Nick, talk to us about the idea of curating. I know you mentioned there's lots of inspiring minds that you guys love. To oh, yeah. Part of just them. putting it down in in one spot. And at the, in the beginning stages, we didn't know that it would be a book or sure. something like this, like a right. podcast or even just a resource that would go out in our parent emails. Like We didn't know quite what would happen, but we wanted to curate resources. We yeah. wanted to say, hey, these are people that we're reading and quotes that we're trying to live by in our own families that kind of govern part of what we do as a ministry philosophy. And we just wanted to put those in one spot so that we're not just saying, hey, there's a lot of parenting resources out there. There's a lot of opportunities, you know, go read 16,000 books. We just wanted to kind of put some things in one space for parents Mm -hmm. to say, okay, this is a good resource. This is a good philosophy. This is a good um, kind of value system to place in our homes. And And if we could curate that for people, if we could kind of pull those things together in one spot, we felt like we were providing them almost um, kind of a syllabus of some things that would help along the way. Mm-hmm. So, And I think you do such a good job of that in this. I love seeing the quotes from different pastors. I love seeing the book suggestions in here. There is ideas from different theologians. It's just, it's a really well-rounded resource, which is really great. Plus, you guys are great writers, so it's a good read, too. We did, we gave a shout-out to all the people that we're a fan yes, of. Yes, I loved it. Along the way, which was good. Yeah, it's so. great. Okay, so obviously the book is called Mile, Mile Marker. So talk to us about the Mile Markers. So talk to us about what they are and maybe why you've chosen those particular six as well. Yeah. For us, mile marker, um, you know, people talk about the idea of like a milestone mm-hmm. in your life. And, um, and when you, you get that from a passage of scripture, like we're going to put this stone down or this rock of remembrance, something that's kind of yep. significant to mark an occasion. Chase and I were actually on a road trip and we talk about this in the book. Um, and it was to scout out a new camp location for kids and students. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it was super practical for where we were in ministry, kids and students, and trying to find a place to do summer camp, which is a great thing. And we actually just kind of got off course, just driving. And, uh, and it prompted <laughs> us to look at the idea of, of mile markers. Off course. Way <laughs> Like off hours course. off course. Yeah. You know, and anytime you get a, a major, don't, and it's my fault, anytime you get in this, 
like a major thoroughfare, you're in a city, and all the interstates kind of come together. There are moments, and it happens here in Nashville, it definitely happens in places, you know, all over the country, Atlanta, that's like the worst. But you get all these interstates that kind of come together for a section, and then they split off. Well, we were supposed to be on 24, but it comes together with 65, 65. for a season, yeah. and we stayed on 65 and didn't get on 24. But the mile markers are what got us back. Yeah. And that was kind of the thing, because they're numbered mile markers. They tell you how far you've been, and they also tell you how far you've mm-hmm. got left to go. Um, and we know that in our parenting journey. You know, I've got a kid that's turning 13 this fall. Um, you know, that teenage year, that's a marker. And we really start to count and say, okay, we know how many years, how many moments we've got left before she's theoretically kind of moved on out of the house a little bit where the strings start to get further away. So those mile markers, they tell you how far you've been and how, how far you've got left to go. They also tell you when you're off course. We were looking for a mile marker in like the double digits and we were seeing mile markers in excess of 250. We knew that something was wrong and so we figured out how far we had gotten off course and how what it was going to take to get back. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for GPS because <laughs> we were able to make it happen. But that was the mile marker for us. Like these are moments along the way. They tell you how far you've gone, um, how far you've got left to go, and they help identify some places that you've gotten off course. They also, you can celebrate it along the way to say, hey, look, look where yeah. we've come to at this point in our journey. And this is how we're going to market. This is how we're going to celebrate. This is going to be our pit stop for a moment where we kind of take a little part of our journey to identify this is a good thing that's happened in the life of our family and the life of our kid. Um, and so we called it mile marker. Yeah. And we kind of went with that metaphor of what these spaces are along yeah. the way. Okay, so tell us what the six mile markers are that you landed on in the book. And tell us about why those are the ones you've chosen, why they're important. Yeah, you know, we, we did land on six. There, there are more, mm-hmm. uh, but we, we thought these were the major ones when it comes to the life of our child. And the first is is dedication. That's we, we landed on a word with dedication and support. Okay. And so we, we obviously there's a support factor in there. We want to keep our kids alive. We want to feed them, so bathe them, <laughs> all that stuff that requires for them support early on. But we also need to know that there's a spiritual support that has to start mm-hmm. there as well. So what are the things that we're doing at an early age that are setting them up to, uh, for especially for the parent to be spiritually attuned to um, what they're learning, what what is what does God say about them? You know, what does God's word say say about them? That God made them, that God loves them, and and so it also we know that that they need a village um, early network, on, yeah. early on. And we go to whatever school, church. We use ratios here at church, and one of the ratios we say was if they're in a classroom, maybe it's a one to five ratio, or if you're on a trip, it's we really want a one to four or five ratio for them to go mm-hmm. adult. Kid. But what if you think about it in terms of, let's flip the script a little bit. What if it's a five to one? Mm-hmm. You know, what if you as a parent say, man, I really want five loving, caring adults who are passionate about Jesus to my one child. Mm-hmm. Who are those five people that, I'm, that I want to surround my, my one child? And then there's education. Uh, that's the discovery. Our kids are in discovery mode. So how are we helping discover what it means to, to, to have faith, to, to love God, and that God loves them? And um, in this phase, I think we're setting up them to have experiences that they can discover God at work in their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, if we want them to have an attitude of gratitude, then then we're going to set them up and help them discover that mm-hmm. and point that out. You know, one of the things that we do every night is, with with kid bedtime, we just say, "What well, is one thing, thing you're thankful for today?" Mm-hmm. And just one thing, because we want to develop that attitude of gratitude. The, the third is salvation. Yeah. 
this idea of forgiveness, that's our key word in that, that phase, that they understand the grace of God. They understand um, their need for a Savior. Um, what we believe is your kids first stop to them knowing who Jesus is comes through the parent, right? It's their first first stop of them knowing who Jesus is is through the parent. The, the fourth one is maturing. That they go, they, that's the key word of identity. Like they're trying to discover who they are, what they're becoming. Their bodies are changing. They're they're in the adolescence. You're experiencing all that right now. And so, oh yeah. So they're doing their best. The key word should be hormones. That's not a bad that's thing true. to say. We that's can edit that part out. Subtitle. Subtitle, Subtitle to hormones. The and you're often confused as a parent in this stage, oh, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. your your child's going through a lot of changes. They're moody, and they're one in the morning. They're one person. In the evening, they're a different person. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then number five is is freedom. That's the key word there is responsibility. Um, in this phase, you typically hand over the keys to the car. And so you're giving them more, bigger steps towards adulthood. You're taking them on that journey and helping them to make that transition. There's a stat that we've heard over and over again, that anywhere from um, 75 to 85% of those who graduate um, it, that have attended the church oftentimes leave the church mm-hmm. after. Well, we're not okay yeah. with that statistic. No. We want that to be zero. Yeah. And so, um, so that's, that's number five. And number six is graduation. That the key word there is foundation, and the idea is that you know sometimes I feel like even as we get older in years, um, the easy thing for us to do is outsource parenting. The easy thing for us to do is is say, okay, um, I've done my part, all that I can at this phase, whether that's middle school, getting into high school, and you kind of just push them push them away a little bit. But that, those are opportunities mm-hmm. for us to lean in. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when they, they're at that senior year and they're about ready to, to graduate, man, lean in because that next phase for them as they go from um, high school senior to college freshman is critical yeah. in their development. Yeah, those are the six. We didn't, I think along the way, we, 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 you said we thought of a lot more, yeah. but what we wanted to identify, these are the specific ones that your, your church body can come around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for us, this is, this is a resource that's related and rooted to the relationships that we have at church. You can't grab something like this and be like, oh, this is going to really help me make the most of spiritual mile markers along the way as an isolated family unit. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not doing that with other people, with a small group, with a spiritual family, yeah. you're missing out on kind of the root of it all. And uh, we've that stat, it haunts me, yeah. the idea of you know the kids that we're raising and rearing to know and follow Jesus stepping away from not just church but faith right. later yeah. on. And so we, we talk about what are the nuggets along the way that you can and should hit as a family. That outsourced parenting thing, you know, it haunts me too. Because you know, if, I, if I want my kids to learn how to play the violin, I have to outsource that. Yeah. Um, if I want them to be great basketball players, I have to outsource that. Calculus, please, somebody come <laughs> and help. Um, but the fear is that parents are outsourcing the spiritual development yeah. of their kids. And moms and dads are in the best spot. Those primary caregivers, you are in the best position, whether you know it or not, to be the primary spiritual developer of your kid. And so we want to provide a resource that's going to help folks do that. So. so tell us about who this book is for and how to use this book. So is this for the mom of an infant or the parents of a preteen, maybe a dad that has a graduating senior? Is it something you pick up once and read it and set it down, or is it something you use for a long time? Tell us a little bit about how we can use this resource. 
short answer to that, yes. Yeah, it's so it's all for of the above. anybody yeah, that is. Is, is, is spiritually investing in the life of, of their kid. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, we love the idea that it's for adoptive parents and foster parents and, and grandparents mm-hmm. who are investing in the life of kids that are being raised. And it is for every spot along the journey. I think there are people that are going to pick it up and, and they're going to read those first couple chapters. If you've got kids my age, you know, this didn't come out until my kids were much older. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're looking at, we've, we've already done um, those first two mile markers with mm-hmm. all three of our kids. Yeah. Um, our girls have trusted Jesus as their savior. Simon's still coming up behind him. And so we've done even the third mile marker with a couple of our kids. And so yeah. there'll be parents that look at it and say, well, this isn't for me because I'm already further along in the journey. Yeah, we think it is. Um, because every spot along the way has devotional moments for mom That's and right. dad that that don't expire. There's no expiration date on dedicating your heart to the Lord and having a moment to say, I want to be firmly rooted in his word. There's no expiration date on framing out your theology around salvation and mm-hmm. knowing that it's free gift of God, not based mm-hmm. on our works. And so any of those are good moments for moms and dads and grandparents and whomever, no matter where you are in the journey. Um, if somebody picks it up and, you know, um, somebody that's got a baby coming, you know, like your first parenting journey, you know, you can read it in one setting. It's not that long. But realizing that you're not going to utilize a lot of the information that you're given until yep. 15, 16, 17 years from now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we hope it's something that you'll pick up, you'll use, and then reuse along the way. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we think is neat about it is that it's not just a book that you read and maybe highlight a few things. There's opportunities to write and journal along right. the way so that what we hope is it's something you pass on to your kids um, so that they read, oh, this is what my mom and dad were thinking and praying and learning when I was five years old starting kindergarten. Mm -hmm. This is what they were thinking and praying and learning when I trusted Christ as my Savior. This is what they were thinking and praying and learning and crying about when I was 16. You know, this is is part of their journey, and so it helps frame that for them going forward. And so it can be a really tattered, well-worn gift that you pass off to um, a college student or a, a recent young adult graduate who's looking at life, or maybe even to your kids once they think about starting a family so we hope that that'll be the case i think so too it, it you know that excites me almost more than anything because whenever you we're gonna be um, real old then we're gonna be real old <laughs> um but this idea of you know whenever you're you know maybe your kids are having kids and you're wondering how what can i say to them what kind of things yeah. can i give to them oh what's where's the parenting book that i need to grab <laughs> the the yeah. 73,000 parenting books that are out there. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think they're great content out there, oh, really. Yeah. The content that we have benefited from. Mm-hmm. And there's not a shortage of good content. There's, yeah. there's so much. But what is that What is that opportunity for the parents to say, man, this is how I parented you based on these biblical principles that were a guide for us, that were those guide rails, that we, we got to walk, walk with you through your salvation experience, walk with you through those questions about... Um, sex and dating through those, you know. Those. There are some spots for moms and dads to write down their failures. That's some right. Some things that they wish they had done differently along the way, too. Absolutely. We learn from that. So. We learn from that. And our kids need to see see that in us because that is also another demonstration of the gospel um, of Jesus. So I think that um, I think that excites me a lot to be able to pass that on and say, man, I, I made mistakes along the way, but man, I, this is how I parented you and i pray that you could use it use it as well so yeah yeah it's a really rich resource I think and I lo- I do love that it's interactive like you mentioned the journaling prompts yeah. and the idea generators um, I'm gonna mention one because I love it the idea I don't have a 16 year old yet but I loved the idea of when you hand the keys to your 16 year old 
hand them on that keychain, put some Bible verses. Bible verses. You know, I just love the idea of implementing a spiritual yeah. emphasis in everything we do along the way with the mile markers. So um, can you give us maybe just an encouraging word to a parent that maybe is picking this up in the middle? Maybe they, they already have a 15-year-old or a 16-year-old, and they know they can't necessarily go backwards, but they still have a lot they can do to go forwards. Help us encourage that parent. Uh, this one is, is not from a parenting-specific moment in Scripture, but it is, it, it's a very parental kind of thing. Um, so we know that Paul planted all these churches, and so he was really a spiritual father to a lot of believers that were reached in the provinces. And so he, he goes on this missionary journey, and he spends like three years in Ephesus um, with this body, just cultivating believers and investing and discipling and, and training up mm-hmm. who these people were. And so he gets, um, Acts chapter 20, it's kind of this farewell speech, you know, the face-to-face conversation that he's having with these elders and uh, the, the people that he was going to leave in charge uh, of the body, of the flock, while he was going. And uh, he starts out Acts 20, 28, and he says, keep watch. Um, it's just like, it's just pay attention. Um, and, and I looked at kind of the, the Greek word there is prosecco, and, um, which sounds like a drink that people love. Um, that, too much of that is not going to help you pay attention. But here we go. So no, bring it back in. This prosecco, it, it means to bring near. To, mm-hmm. to, to bring them near. And, and we all want that as parents. Like, I want my kids close. Like, I shudder the idea of them, like, leaving and going far away. And, uh, and we know that a lot of that is, is, is people understand this idea, and we joke about it, uh, helicopter parenting. Like, I'm just kind of hovering around. I'm always there. And there are healthy things about that and unhealthy things about that. Um, I heard recently about this, this lawnmower parenting, um, that, like, if your kid yeah. has a problem, you're just going to mow it down for them, <laughs> which... I can't think of anything healthy about that. I can only think of the unhealthy things. But there, there are healthy ways we parent and unhealthy ways we parent. And, and Paul looked at a bunch of elders, people that were going to shepherd the flock that he was leaving behind, really be the spiritual parents in that church. Um, the Holy Spirit made them overseers is what Acts 20 says. And Paul looks at them and says, you guys are going to be the parents of this flock. Pay attention. Mm-hmm. Keep watch. And, uh, and I, I want to say that to moms and dads. Um, pay attention to these moments along the way because they matter. Um, you're, you're not going to get them back if you make mistakes. Um, there's so much grace and there's so much forgiveness in right. learning from those to kind of you know put your shoes back on and start over. Uh, but I love the idea of just reminding parents, keep watch, pay attention. Um, these are the kids that God's entrusted to you. And it's, it's a spiritual thing. Um, and we are in a battle every day um, for the hearts of our kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's so much that moms and dads who trust Jesus and parents and caregivers who trust Christ can and should invest in their kids. Um, so it's just pay attention. Um, that same word, Prosecco, pops up in Hebrews chapter 2, and, and it's, it's pay attention so you don't drift. Mm-hmm. Um, just like our mom marker story, you can get really far off course pretty quickly and, and drift away from the primary purpose that we have. And, you know, jobs and sports and school and community and investment, so everything can pile on and get in the way of that. So it's just pause pay attention kind of kind of keep watch over these 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 lives that are entrusted into mm-hmm. you and i think that's the key of intentional parenting and that's what we want it to be woven through every one of these mile markers i think you said it'd be intentional i think um, i love the idea of fighting for the heart of the next mm-hmm. generation fighting for our kids they're going through so much and mm-hmm. there's so much that's thrown at them um, at this this point in time and, and i would say this we talk about this all the time and I, maybe we've said it on other podcasts that model the behavior that you want to see mm-hmm. and if we want our kids to be kind compassionate loving if we want them to follow jesus well well that's that's kind of a simple thing just to act like him and, and to 
If we want him to love God's word, then we're going to be in God's word. If we yeah. want him to worship, then we worship ourselves. If we want them to have a sense of community, then be a, be a part of a community, a body of believers that will help grow us and nurture us. And and know that that there's going to be failures. Like yeah. the idea of being intentional doesn't mean that we're perfect. It just means that we're intentional about the things that we're doing to grow our kids to know and follow follow him. And I would say this about failures because um, because. When we have, when we fail, it's an opportunity um, to ask for forgiveness as well. And when our kids fail, we have an opportunity to coach, but we have also have an opportunity to love. And so I love that concept. So I, be intentional is the, the big one. Um, repeat the things that are most important. I really think this for me is every time I pick it up, and this is speaking to. I feel like Nick and I wrote this for us because I I pick it up and it's. It's just a reminder that I've got to repeat those things that are important. I've got to set set my daughter kid up um, for spiritual success, and it starts with with me. Repeat it. We've said a lot here through the years. It's kind of governed a lot of our ministry that volume speaks value. Yeah. You know, if your kid's about to run into a That's crowded right. street, you don't say, "Hey, buddy, don't run into." You scream, "Bloody murder!" You take off running. I mean, nothing's going to stop you from getting to that street and pulling yeah. them back. And that's a volume that and that that mimics the situation that you're in. Um, but volume is also a measurement. It's how much how much coffee's in my cup yeah. is a volume, and uh, we think about that as a measuring tool. Like it's we ask our kids all the time, "Have you finished your math homework? Did you turn in your history report? Did you make your bed?" Um, and if we say those things three, four, five times a day, um, but only once in a given week, ask them something about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Where we're speaking a value, we're, we're telling them that having a clean room is more important than having a clean heart, yeah. and uh, and we want the things that we do, the things that we repeat in our home ultimately to magnify how important Jesus is mm-hmm. and so there is a section in the book at, towards the end where you can record every single year of your mm-hmm. child's life like what they've learned what what uh, what you did in your parenting journey and also looking ahead so it's looking back and looking ahead and that looking ahead part always um, affects me a little bit because I think we we want parents to start with the end in mind yeah like have a vision for the future have a vision for that and and um, and I, you know, I was talking to Nick. I'll be, I think I've used this before. We, you know, whenever I first became um, family pastor, that transition, Nick kind of transitioned to a discipleship role and family pastor role. I was nothing became more aware of me to think about the end in mind than, than my own uh, my own I don't know my own relationship with my dad. Like I I thought he. I'm, I'm gonna get emotional here. I, don't know. I, I thought he's he's done it well for us. He's modeled. The behavior that we want to see, and the reason why, because we went through a, a, a difficult spell early on with Kit and surgery. She had liver liver um, stuff mm-hmm. going on, biliary atresia, and, and and so she had a major surgery, six hour surgery. But but it was like June twenty first that we found out that that was the diagnosis. Um, and you remember exactly everything that happened during that. You know, to the hospital, they said, you know, we're going to send you home because it's going to be a long long road ahead. Right, so two days later, we were supposed to have surgery. So we are like, go home, get some rest. So driving home, I'm like, okay, I gotta keep it together because this is a big deal, right? Courtney's there, Kit's in the back seat. So we get home, get everybody settled, and I walked out to the porch, and the first person I called was my dad, you know, my parents. And, and so, you know, I had that phone conversation, hey dad, he kinda knew why I was calling. And he said, well, what do you need? I couldn't say anything. Like, I was so emotional. I was broken. And, and then he was like, I want, let me pray for you. 
that's a great parenting tip right mm -hmm. there. Let, let's let's start by going to the Lord in prayer. He prayed over me. He prayed for my family. And he, then he then he said again. He said, well, "What do you need?" Couldn't say anything. Um, and so he said, "I know exactly what you need." So he hung up the phone. He lives an hour from the house, and an hour later, heard a knock on the door, and he was there. It was his his presence. So he modeled that for me even even later on and and that's why I say your parenting never stops yeah. like even even in adulthood he's continuing to model those things for for us and our family so um, so I think th these kind of resources are just birthed from a from a place that I feel like you know had some of that stuff done well for me as well and and uh, and a lot a lot of things I'm learning whenever you have these titles of Family pastor, or discipleship pastor, or those. So I think you're, you're a reminder that how much you don't know. Like, oh yeah. I think uh, when you become a parent, you realize, okay, man, there's a lot of stuff to learn. But mm -hmm. and that's a sanctifying thing. And if there's anything that our weakness points us to, um, it's the need for Jesus. And one of the most important things is that when his disciples said, "Hey, Lord, teach us how to pray," um, he said, "Our Father." Mm -hmm. Like he invited us mm -hmm. to call cosmic God of the universe Dad, and. Uh, that was a new thing for people, and, uh, and we need that. We need to be able to say to a heavenly father, and we want to be earthly fathers that point our kids to yeah. that heavenly father. Absolutely. And, um, and so if this helps moms and dads do that, then great. Yeah. That's what we want. Well, getting to be in ministry with both of you for several years, I think one of the word, words that I would use to describe both of you is, is passion, and I love that we're getting to hear some of it today in the podcast. Mm -hmm. And I know that one of the things that drove you guys to start thinking about this book and writing this book was your passion to see the church partner mm -hmm. with parents and that they're not alone in this in this journey that they're taking with their kids and but the church is wanting to be right there with them and walk through it with them so can you just talk to us a little bit about that right now and just kind of encourage parents to know that the church is right there with them and that's part of the hope and the passion behind this book uh, that's um I look back through the years of uh, one of the kind of the significant moments that happened for me along the way was um, when I, we were doing kids ministry, you and I out yeah. in, in, in like the smallest place in our whole building to do kids ministry. And it was really growing. And we had little small groups of grade school kids yeah. on little rugs in a carpeted area. And for us that year, I, as a kids pastor, I did what, you know, you go home and you recruit your wife to be one of the leaders. Yep. And I looked down and so Susan was doing second grade and you got to follow me on this one. She's doing second grade and she had our pastor's daughter, Grace, the oldest. Grace mm -hmm. drives now. That's how long ago yeah. this was. Yep. Um, and so she had Grace as a second grader. And I just did some quick math um, and I looked at my oldest child um, who was uh, still in preschool at the time. She hadn't even come over into the elementary school world that you and I were leading. And, uh, and I thought, whoa. All these little second graders, Grace included, are going to be high school seniors when my daughter's a freshman. What do we want to do with all these moms and dads now? What do we want to do with all these kids now that are ultimately going to have an impact on my kids? Um, because one day when you know my daughter's you know, 14 years old going into high school, she's going to be looking at all these other older upperclassmen kids. Um, who do we want them to be for the classes that are coming up behind them? Mm -hmm. um, that's when partnering with parents matters because those small group leaders investing in the mm -hmm. kids, maybe not even your kid, but the kids that are going to be peers with your kids. Yep. I mean, it, it, we're a family. We're a body of believers, and every little person on the way makes such an incredible difference. Um, and so for us that year, it was a really key opportunity to say, we're, we're going to invest in the kids that will one day have either a positive or a negative influence on ours. Um, 
and that was a partnership that we were really excited to enjoy. And we've got a fantastic pastor. I mean, we look to Absolutely. Jeff for so yeah. much inspiration and so much, uh, you know, I've gone to him multiple mm-hmm. moments just to say, what did you guys do when this mm-hmm. happened to your oldest? Because you're this many years ahead of us. Mm-hmm. That's a resource for us. Yeah. You know, there's people in our church who have walked the journey. They've, they've gone further miles than you, um, and they have wisdom to share along the way. And so we're excited to be able to put some of those pieces together. Yeah, we've been in ministry long enough to know that um, – that what kids need at different phases. We're not perfect at that by no means. We don't know everything there is to know, but um, but also whenever you have your own kid, it changes <laughs> you know, how, yeah. you, how you look at it a little bit. You know, you, you want, you know, this idea of partnering with parents, we, we want another um, voice yeah. in the life of our kiddos. Mm-hmm. We want, we want I, I need, you know, we're going to encourage Kit. We're going to tell her um, about Jesus and encourage her potential and those kind of things um, but I also need somebody else that's coming alongside of me <laughs> another person to do that too to encourage her whenever she have da- has doubts to encourage her whenever she's probably not going to go come to us to just say hey I believe in you you have potential I know your parents always say it but but know that that you really do that God has a plan for your life and a purpose mm-hmm. for your life so the idea of uh, partnering with parents is really personal to us it's mm-hmm. personal so we're well, picking the people that invest in our kids, you know, yeah. and it's helping the them have good voices. Mm-hmm. Our kids are going to get wisdom and uh, advice, and um, they're going to get it somewhere, mm-hmm. um, and we want it to be a good somewhere, um, and that helps us do it. Yeah. So. I love it. Nick, Chase, thank you so much thank for you. talking with fun. us today and for um, making this resource. I mean, it's no small feat to write a book, and you <laughs> did it. And so um, we're just so grateful that we get to um, gain from what you guys have worked for. So thank you so much for talking with us today. We're so glad that you've joined us today, whether you're listening or watching to our Making History podcast. Um, If you want to purchase the book, it is available for purchase on our Rolling Hills Parenting Resource website, also on Amazon. Um, And these guys have also created a lot more resources for us through their blog and social media that you can follow them on. So just check the show notes for those links. Thank you so much for being with us here today, guys. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. 